welcome to the Footancy Thinking Global podcast. Uh, in this podcast, we look at different jurisdictions and industries and explore the opportunities that exist in the global marketplace. My name is Lingxi Wang, and I will be your host together with my colleague, Carl Bradford. Lingxi and I are members of the International Committee here at Footancy, and we work on cross-border transactions that involve inbound and outbound investment with the UK. In this series, we are speaking with different subject matter experts on the innovations occurring in the UK across various industries and their importance internationally. In this episode, we will be speaking with John Catchpole, who leads Fotancy's space and satellite team, supporting space and satellite sector businesses and organisations in both the upstream and downstream segments of that sector. We will be discussing with him some of the interesting developments occurring in the UK as well as internationally and the global opportunities of this sector in the near future. John, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Hi, Carl. Hi, Lingzi. Thanks for having me on the show. Great to have you here. Um, First of all, I'd love to know how you got involved in the space and satellite sector because it's not obviously a, a sector that many lawyers get involved in. Yeah, sure. Well, um, I'm a real estate lawyer by trade, but I've always had a really strong interest in space. And uh, well, I'm lucky enough to be based in in Fusanti's true office and in Cornwall. There's a really, really strong space cluster. And so a few years ago, it was about 2017, I was attending an event at Gunhilia Station, which is a is, is a ground station on the Lizard Peninsula, the sort of southernmost tip of Cornwall. And uh, at that event, they were talking about, they use these dishes, it's an old BT station for communications. And they're saying how they use these antennae, these, these dishes that they've got for communicating with satellites and communicating with deep space communications, and which can be used on missions to the moon and missions to the Mars. And I thought, yeah, this is incredible. It's really interesting, really sort of exciting stuff. I mean, having you know, always had an interest in space, I thought, well, this is this is worth exploring a bit further. So I, I started doing a bit of research into the space sector and, and the industry and having a think about what we sort of footancy as lawyers can do to, to support the, the sector. And yeah, speaking to a few colleagues and got a few other colleagues involved. Yeah, from there, we've, we've started to grow the practice, working with Aerospace Cornwall, the Cornwall Space Cluster, and providing a range of legal services. Sort of started mostly with contracts work and intellectual property, which is really important for, for space businesses. And that's grown to providing regulatory advice around the, the Space Industry Act, National Security Investment Act advice, Carl, that you've been providing, which is really, really important for, for space businesses, uh, corporate structuring, um, environmental advice, uh, safety advice, the full package, and it's growing really quickly. And so we're really lucky in Cornwall, we've got such a strong space cluster, um, and it's a really good community to be part of yeah that's great i must admit i've been enjoying being part of the team and obviously the spaceport cornwall work has been particularly interesting recently it's been in the news a lot can you give us a little bit of background about what's been happening there most recently yeah of course you may have seen on the news back on the 9th of january they had the first launch from spaceport cornwall and um, the way it works for people who aren't familiar with it is that Spaceport Cornwall is, is an airport. It's part of Cornwall Airport. It's got a, got a very long runway, which lends itself very well to this particular type of launch, which is called um, an air launch. And the way that works is that there's an operator called Virgin Orbit. It's part of Richard Branson's Virgin Group. The way they launch rockets is they take a, a Boeing 747. So it's one of the old uh, 747s from the Virgin Atlantic fleet. 
and that's been repurposed and they can put a well they put a rocket onto one of the wings and on that rocket will be some satellites some payload and then so uh, 747 will will take off on this long runway, fly northwest from from Cornwall out over the Atlantic, get to about I think it's about 34, 35,000 feet, and then essentially they drop the rockets and the rocket engines kick in and take the rocket and the payload up into orbit, and when they're in orbit, it um, delivers the payload into the required orbit. That's a system that um, Virgin Orbit have been using out in the States, and so they've brought it over here to Spaceport Cornwall. Unfortunately, for the first launch from the 9th of January, it didn't all go to plan. I mean, it all started off incredibly well. Spaceport Cornwall did its thing perfectly, and the launch happened, so they, they got the rocket uh, into space, which was a first for, a first for the UK, the first commercial space launch from UK soil, which is a, a fantastic achievement. But unfortunately, they weren't able to deliver the payload, deliver the, the satellites into the desired orbit, which was disappointing, but it was still a fantastic event. I mean, there were a couple of thousand people up there on a sort of dark, cold January evening, and it felt like a real sort of festival atmosphere. Everyone was sort of really excited, because it's still, still a fantastic event, not just for Cornwall, but for the UK. We were sort of beginning of the next, next chapter for the UK space industry. I mean, they've already identified what caused the problem with the rockets and Virgin Orbit will be looking at how to rectify that and, and hoping to, to go again from Cornwall as soon as possible. Thanks. I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting technology. Like you said, it, I think most people would think of more the vertical takeoff, the traditional sort of rocket blasting up, whereas this is a plane taking off. And I, I guess that's got various advantages being able to beat the weather and things but will that be always the system in the UK or will there be other types of systems used? Yeah sure well there are a few spaceports planned for different parts of the country so there are a few planned in in Scotland which will be a vertical launch system which will be the system that most people are more familiar with they would have seen it on TV with a with a rocket launching vertically from a launch pad so there are different systems that will be appropriate for different types of spaceports. Yeah, quite a few opportunities to continue you know, this positive trend in the UK of becoming a, a launch nation. It was particularly exciting for us because for Tansty, we had a really privilege to be able to support Spaceport Cornwall by providing some initial legal and regulatory advice around launch under that Space Industry Act that I mentioned before. That only came in in 2018 and it hasn't been done in this country before. So we were able to work with Spaceport Cornwall's other professional advisors and helped to produce a bit of a, a regulatory roadmap, giving them a, some advice as to what they need to do to achieve launch. Is what I guess Spaceport Cornwall trying to achieve, is that to really compete with the likes of SpaceX and some of those big players that you hear a lot about in the news? Uh, well, there's yeah, different systems. Uh, I mean, SpaceX is a vertical launch system operating out of the States at the moment, and Virgin Orbit is a, is a different system. So I suppose, yeah, I mean, they're trying to achieve the same thing. They're all trying to get payload up into space. There, there is an element of, of competition, but like with any industry, there are different levels of the industry and, and people approaching things differently and will be launching different types of payload. So yeah, we won't be seeing SpaceX doing vertical launch from Cornwall. There's no immediate competition. But generally, what we're looking at now is a, is a commercial space sector. So we're looking at businesses undertaking launch activities, manufacturing satellites, and it's all got to happen commercially. It's got to be an industry that stands on its own feet. So you know, in that context, a bit of competition can be a good thing. Yeah, that all sounds very exciting. 
Um, but just more of a technical question again, when we talk about small satellites, like how small are we talking about? The satellites that we're looking to launch from the UK, they'd be, um, they're very small. They're called small satellites, or you may, may hear them referred to as nanosats or, or cubesats. So these things are the size of a shoebox, some of them. You know, they only weigh a few kilos, and they would go into low-Earth orbits. But these satellites are getting smaller because the technology is getting better and you know, materials are becoming better. The old satellites, the early satellites, were the size of a bus, but now you've got small satellites that can do similar things around Earth observation, communication. The technology, having moved on, is a real game changer because these small satellites, you know, they're lighter um, because you can fit more on a rocket. It's more cost effective to get each satellite up into space, which is really opening up the market and providing a lot more opportunities for businesses to use data and communications derived from satellites and using them to to make our life easier on Earth. I guess the nano satellite, as you refer to them, or the CubeSats, are they produced in the UK or they're shipped in for the launch? Yeah, well, the UK, a lot of people don't know this, but UK is one of the leading manufacturers of small sats in the world. And so a lot of them are produced in this country. There's really you know, strong clusters where different parts of the UK where these satellites are built. For example, Glasgow has got a really, really strong satellite manufacturing industry. Being able to launch them from the UK as well means we've got the full cycle, as it were. We can manufacture them here. We can launch them here. Uh, and that's that's really important. And it's also important from a perspective of a, when you think about your carbon footprint, I mean, now we can manufacture them here. We don't have to ship them over to French Guyana or over to the States in order to launch them. So it's a much more sustainable, environmentally friendly practice. And also the benefits of being able to manufacture them here from an economic perspective and a social perspective. I mean, the, the space industry already employs, directly employs over 47,000 people in the UK. And that's the people directly employed. And when you think about all the additional services in the supply chain that go into making that happen again indirectly, there's a, you know, a lot of people involved. And uh, you know, the jobs that the industry is creating are exciting jobs, well-paid jobs, which is you know, exactly what we as a country are, are trying to achieve. Thinking globally here, what are the opportunities for, I guess, investment into the UK by these overseas companies that are looking to take advantage of the uh, space sector and our expertise in it? Well, yeah, absolutely. And um, and Carl, you'll know this from your your work with the international businesses that you work with. So there's a lot of international businesses looking to invest in the UK. We've been working with a number of businesses from different parts of the world who've wanted to set up a manufacturing or other in Cornwall because they want to be close to Spaceport Cornwall, which is fantastic. And uh, you know, it's exactly what we're trying to achieve and what the UK government is, is trying to achieve. For an example, we've been working with a drone company that's based in South America and they've got operations around the world and they're looking to set up uh, Spaceport Cornwall. It's not just about Cornwall. All over the UK, there are space clusters all attracting investments, international investment, international companies or recruiting people internationally to, to work there, which is really good. And, and I guess um, it goes both ways in that there'll be potentially businesses here that are looking to operate in other countries as well. Yeah, that's right. That's absolutely right. Um, it, it is both ways. And a good example of a, a UK business that's looking to expand its operations abroad would be Goonhilly Earth Station that I mentioned, because they've, they've got their Earth Station on the Lizard Peninsula. But they're looking at sites in Australia and in the States. So then they have their 
Earth stations strategically located around the globe, which will give them sort of 360 coverage for, for communications with with satellites that are in orbit or missions to the moon, which is really exciting stuff. So yeah, absolutely right, Carl. It, it works both ways. I know, Carl, you're, you're also supporting businesses that are investing in the UK as well. Yes, I, th- I think we're seeing a lot of interest in it. And so I think that will definitely continue. You mentioned the US there in particular, and, and they're obviously known as a big space investor, and they've been going into space right from the beginning, I guess. Are there other countries, or is it mainly still the big traditional players like the US? Well, yeah, I mean, the the US have got a a huge space industry. I mean, it's been well established for years. But yeah, there are other countries which are really moving their space industry forward as well. So we've spoken about the UK and UK's got a, a really strong uh, and ambitious growth strategy. France has got a really strong space industry. They're able to launch from, from French Guyana. India has got a really strong and, and rapidly growing space industry. Uh, so lots of very large countries, but also some countries that you may not think about as looking to progress uh, their space industries, but still doing well. I mean, one example is Luxembourg, for example. Luxembourg is leading the way in many respects in terms of space legislation because the way space law works is it's a bit complicated because there are different levels of laws I suppose you've got the international treaties which were put in place in the 60s and 70s which some but not all nations have signed up to and then you've got each country has its own domestic legislation which regulates how launch activities and operations and satellite operations are conducted from particular countries. So what Luxembourg have done is um, take a bit of a lead in terms of some of the laws that they've got in place that allow certain activities to take place in space. So in the UK, I mentioned before, we've got the Space Industry Act, which allows launch to take place from the UK and different nations have similar laws. But what Luxembourg have also taken the next step towards doing is, is thinking about if you're a business, let's say you can get a, a satellite or spacecraft to the moon or to an asteroid, and then you get some materials from that celestial body, then can you own them? Can you bring them back? Because there are international treaties in place that say that no nation can own the moon or, or celestial bodies, but it doesn't talk about what happens with individual companies, for example. So at the moment that's really coming down to domestic legislation so the luxembourg similar to the states have got legislation in place that allows the commercialization of space and you know, it opens the door for some really interesting projects like asteroid mining which may sound very futuristic but that's a potential opportunity in the future oh, that's really interesting and i guess i know there is some other interesting ones like solar panels being put out in space that can then be used to power the grids back here and so i guess countries again looking at that commercialization i hadn't quite appreciated that the treaties were really at country level but now like you say with all the private ventures going up into space there's need for greater framework around that Uh, one thing i wanted to pick up on was something you mentioned earlier around the use of space data and also the environmental social and governance aspect the esg aspect of the space sector i think in a lot of people's minds a rocket blasting off into space doesn't seem to sort of be the most environmentally friendly way of travel. But I'd be interested to hear your thoughts around that and the way space can be used or, or the satellites can be used to, in those matters. Mm, it's something that 
businesses all over the world, and particularly in the UK, are looking at really closely. There's no getting away from the fact that if you're if you're launching a rocket into space, I mean, at the moment you're using fuel which gets burnt, and you know that's not great for the environment. New types of fuel are being developed, which are more environmentally friendly, and that's coming on really quickly, which is really positive. But a really important aspect to consider when thinking about the space industry is the benefits that come from having satellites in space, and then the Earth observation data that they provide. You can use this data to monitor what's happening on the ground much more effectively than you can from being on the ground itself. If you're looking down in real detail, you can see changes that are happening. And if there are problems, if there are environmental issues, you can identify them and then you can take steps to do something about it. And that's that's a huge benefit of of Earth observation data. I mean, think about the polar ice caps melting. That's easier to measure from space than if you're stood on on the ice cap trying to measure it on the ground. So that's really important, and it's something that plays a, an important part of the in the industry, because sustainability really is the name of the game at the moment. There's a real push for space businesses to become more sustainable, more environmentally friendly. That's driven from all levels. It's something that the government has been pushing for through its uh, national space strategy, but also consumers are much more alive to it now. They really care about the products that they're using and how those products are created so consumers increasingly want to use let's say it's data from a satellite but they're they're interested in how that how that is sustainable and what impact that has on the environment we talked about investment i mean if you're an investor there's a real pressure from investors as well because they want to invest in businesses that have strong esg credentials and really taking responsibility for, for what it is they're doing so there are lots of benefits from having satellites in space for for Earth observation purposes and a real push at the moment to make sure that the industry is becoming more and more sustainable and and environmentally friendly, which is good for everyone. Yeah. And I I guess from what you were saying earlier with the nanosats, the small satellites being a lot cheaper and smaller to put up, you can have much smaller ventures or smaller countries. Or I know that even Cornwall itself is putting up Kernosat 1 and that's specifically for Cornwall to measure that kind of data. Well, that's it. Yeah, the first satellites to go up on Launcher 1, which was the rocket from Cornwall, there were satellites that were there for environmental and marine monitoring purposes. And it's really important for Spaceport Cornwall. And it's not just Spaceport Cornwall, other other spaceports, other launch operators are putting a lot of time and resource into doing everything they can to make sure that what they're doing is as green as possible. So Spaceport Cornwall asked Exeter University to undertake a study into the carbon impacts of launch from Cornwall and it was really interesting because Cornwall, uh, Spaceport Cornwall as I mentioned before is part of Cornwall Airport so it's already an operational airport and actually when you think about the the launch that takes place from Spaceport Cornwall it has quite a nominal effect on the overall output from Cornwall Airport. So uh, yeah it's something that's really important and it's something that it's only going to go one way. People are becoming more responsible and want to do things more sustainably which as I said before is that's a great result. Very much agreed. And I think that's what we're seeing from investors we speak to as well. Thanks, John. I think that's all all been really, really helpful. Obviously, we're going to have to um, wrap up this podcast soon. But I'd like to finish with a final question about what you would like to see, I guess, with a crystal ball looking ahead for the next few years in the sector. Is there anything particularly you're excited about in terms of missions or initiatives that are going on? Well, I think an important thing, I mean, for the sector to grow, 
as with any sector in any industry, you need people to work together to collaborate, which is important. It's really important. This already happens with the space sector because, from my experience, it's quite a, a friendly, welcoming sector. For businesses who are already involved in space, in the case of working with other businesses and other organisations to, to grow the sector as a whole, but also for businesses, organisations or people who aren't involved in the sector, there's a great opportunity here. And don't think that just because whatever your business does at the moment isn't involved in space that you can't get involved. Take us as an example, law firm, lots of people wouldn't think about lawyers getting involved in, in the space sector, but you know, here we are and we're supporting it and we're helping to make things happen. There's some fantastic manufacturers, like really incredible manufacturers in this country. You may not be making components at the moment that are being sold into the space industry, but you could be making components that go into you know, tech or marine industries. And you know, why not? You could start having a look at some of the opportunities for you to make products that go into the space industry as well. So I think it's a case of if you're interested, have a chat with, with us or find out where your local space cluster is or your local European Space Agency business ambassador and have a chat with them and try and find out a bit more. And yeah, please do get involved. Yeah, that's really interesting, actually. I mean, there's, like you say, it's such a developing sector. We're only really scratching the surface of its potential. And there are lots of businesses that can take that data and use it in lots of different ways that maybe they haven't even thought about. That sounds like a great idea. I think there is lots of potential there and we would be happy to have conversations with people. I feel like we could carry on speaking about this fantastic topic for hours as there seems to be so many interesting projects going on and and lots of aspects to it both in the UK and internationally but unfortunately we are going to have to wrap it up there so thank you very much John. Yeah thanks Lindsay thanks Carl. John thank you for uh, joining us on this podcast and obviously giving us your valuable insights on this very exciting sector and obviously um, all the interesting developments that are occurring in the UK and obviously around the globe. We also look forward to potentially inviting you back for a future episode to discuss new developments in the space sector and this industry, possibly towards the end of the year when the Spaceport Cornwall launch occurs again. It might be a good opportunity for us to do that. If listeners, you have any questions about today's episode or would like to discuss anything further, please do leave your comments in the comment section below or send either Carl or myself an email. And obviously, if you have enjoyed listening to this show, please do rate, review and subscribe. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you.